The great Boz has spoken. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Monday, the 15th, uh, the free show of the week of the Land of Boz. And do not be concerned, free does not mean crap quality. So, here is to Monday. Let's get this thing started. Dude, Mondays is just terrible. I hate Mondays. I really hate Mondays. Yep, that is right, Mr. Intoxication. Mondays, for some reason, no matter what your job is, inherently, down to our DNAs, have a suck factor. However, I argue that if you just do the same thing seven days a week, work or hobbies or focus or discipline or whatever else you do, if you just do it seven days a week, Monday, uh, you you take a little bit of the power away from Monday. Don't let it win. And on that note, since Monday is free at the Land of Oz, I'm going to cram in as much as possible without sacrificing quality. But one of the things I want to talk about in the pre-show show before we get into the main show show is... <clears throat> One of those phrases I hate, and it's that one about um, life's, whatever you're talking about is where they say something's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, if you're, for me, it's a career thing or whatever. And I don't know, this is just maybe therapy time for Jeff, but like, I argue that I would rather work my ass off and accomplish something versus being slow and steady and careful and regret not accomplishing something. Now, obviously, we can get deep in the weeds on the metaphor. If you're running, you know, an ultra marathon, you're not going to sprint it because you have to pace yourself. Uh, however, I argue I would rather, I mean, I could change my mind in a couple years, but I'd rather be on my deathbed knowing I gave everything I had and not having regret. Um, it's one of my tackiest tattoos but uh, one of my tattoos says no regret and it was before the movie came out where they that one dude spelled it no regrets or whatever but I argue at the end of my day when you know not even the end of my life but when my head hits my pillow I want to know I did everything I could that day because to me pacing myself especially in an unknown business or world like for uh, Green Bray world I knew the the uh schedule so to speak I knew what we call the pipeline I knew the timeline it should take so I knew how to pace myself when I got injuries I knew how to kind of decide whether it was an injury I had to deal with or when I was going to muscle through and a lot of my just muscled through for the two years of training uh, but like for me the way I look at the Hollywood thing there's no formula there's no rules um, and people say you know you could be here 10 years before you become an overnight success and okay well I'm gonna sprint all 10 years because I want to know I've done everything in my power every day um, and obviously there's balance and I hate that word too but in the spirit of I'd rather sprint than uh, pace myself on a marathon I also know during this this metaphorical sprint rest is necessary and uh, metaphorical hydration and water breaks will be needed so I still know to be able to run a sprint, I still do know I do need to take care of myself um, and to maintain that intensity or that sprint. And sacrifices are going to be made. Um, time with friends, uh, obviously anybody that's been with me for a hot minute, relationships will be going by the wayside. And uh, I think that's a personal choice. The one regret I have is I don't do as well with my family. And my my deep, at the end of the night, alone with my thoughts, prayers, and hopes is that this sprint will pay off and I will be able to do anything with my family at any time on any location on this planet at the drop of a hat. So I'm that's I'm putting a lot of eggs in that basket. 
but I don't know. I think a lot of people need to kind of have a come to Jesus about that because I think I'll, I'm not judging people that believe that, um, you know, whatever is a marathon, life's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm not judging you, but I think, um, I don't know. Pacing myself feels like I'm selling out or I'm quitting or I'm tra- taking the easy way out. That could be wrong. That could set me up for failure. I don't know. But that was kind of my morning um, rant on that is is I'd rather sprint than pace myself. And then now we will move into... So this brings us into journal time. And for those of you who are just listening on Mondays for the first time and you're kind of still test dragging the line to Bob's, journal time is where I read to you my journal in the spirit of scuba diving where you plan your dive and you dive your plan. I'm using journaling in a hybrid of experiences I've got from uh, Dr. Levi Harrison and uh, Gary John Bishop's book, Unf Yourself. And I've created kind of a daily plan my day journaling. And here it is as follows. So my journal wasn't next to me. So today's journal. And for those of you who don't know, I focus on gratitude, assertions, and actions. I don't like affirmations because they affirm something, which means to me it's reactionary. It means you're reacting to something and you're not taking control of it. So I like the word assertions. You assert this. You're going to do it. This is fact. So today, gratitude. I'm thankful for my family. Assertion. I can take anything thrown at me. And action. I will have a day of focused work, no distractions, and work on my to-do list. So for those of you um, maybe implementing this in your own life, I know I've actually received a handful, four emails uh, or messages about people trying to implement journaling in another day. It's nice. I write it down. I try to look at it my second part of the day. um, And I also look back on my week's uh, journals, journal entries to kind of see how I did. And always try to bring me back, especially the gratitude one. Um, You know, when you're in your times of poo-poo lip and feeling bad for yourself, you kind of can maybe forget the stuff you should be grateful for. So when I do this first thing in the morning, I've kind of have a clean palate. And so those are nice to always look back on when you're in a good headspace. So that is my daily journal. And I wish you could edit. Obviously, you can edit sound. But last week I said, how do you know where we're going if you don't know where we've been or something? I worded it very poorly. But I was referencing Today in History, a segment I do on the Land of Boz. How are we supposed to know where we're going if we don't know where we've come from? Thus... Today in history. October 15th for today in present tense times. It is a Monday, but today on October 15th, I won't lie, kind of a boring day. This one I find weird. In 1860, an 11-year-old girl wrote the future U.S. president, Abraham Lincoln, suggesting he should grow a beard. He said it would be silly, but he did it anyway. So on this day in history, Abraham Lincoln stopped shaving. Interesting. Um, And then a lot of blah, 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 blah. Uh, Here's interesting. This can't be right. 1924, we were given the Statue of Liberty. It was that recent? Huh. Well, I could be wrong. But on this day, 1924, if I read that right, uh, we were given the Statue of Liberty. Some births, some deaths, nothing too motivating. So we'll just call it good on this day in history. Hopefully those were at least somewhat entertaining. Now, here's where the show gets meaty for those of you Monday-only listeners who should 
maybe conjure up eight quarters and you can get four more days a week, four more hours worth of content. But if you're only one of those, this is where the show gets awesome and I laugh really hard at it for a game I'm now playing with you listeners called Rodeo Term or Sex Term. So how this is played, you probably guessed it. I'm going to say a word, a phrase, or some sort of combination of words, and you, I'm going to pause, and I'm going to give you, the listener, count of three or four or five to think to yourself or with your friends, is this a rodeo term or a sex term? If it's a rodeo term, I'll probably explain it. If it's a sex term, the site I'm looking at is uh, quite explicit, and I try to keep this something maybe you can accidentally listen to in the car with your kids in the car. So the sex term, you'll just have to Google it. So (laughs) here it is. Rodeo term or sex term? Term number one. (laughs) The duct tape trick. Again, the duct tape trick. Rodeo term or sex term? It is a sex term, and I won't even remotely read that one out loud. (laughs) So, uh, number two. (laughs) (laughs) All right, rodeo term or sex term? Sun fishing, one word. The word again is sun fishing. Rodeo term or sex term? Okay. It is a rodeo term, you dirty monkeys. Sun fishing is when a bucking horse twists his body in the shape of a crescent. All right, there you go. I've, if anybody's been to rodeos or you've seen like a uh, saddle bronc or, uh, or um, God, what's the other one? Saddle bronc or bareback? What's the other one? Uh, when a horse bucks, they can pretty they can make their bodies pretty effed up. So um, we will continue on. <laughs> okay, number three: rodeo term or sex term. Coosie. Rodeo term or sex term? Coosie. May I have it spelled, please? Yes, you may. C-O-O-S-I-E. Rodeo term. It's a nickname for the cook. An Americanization of the Spanish word consinero. I can't roll my R's. Consinero. Meaning cook. Also known as the consinero. Can't say it, so... And let's do one more. <laughs> Mother of God, these are horrendous. Um, oh, this is good. Okay. Rodeo term or sex term? Flooding the cave. Rodeo term or sex term? Flooding the cave. It is a pretty horrendous sex term, but it also, I, I likened it to a rodeo term that I just blanked on, uh, so I was trying to pump fake you there. Uh, and let's do one more just for um, just for good measure. Oh, okay. Nice, this one. Rodeo term or sex term? Hogging. Can we have it spelled, please? Yes, you may. Hogging. H-O-G-G-I-N-G. Rodeo term or sex term? It is a sex term, and I will not describe it on air. So that has been rodeo term or sex term. 
And for anybody who's followed me or been friends with me for any length of time, I started lifting my first weights in 1993. And I've been addicted, uh, good, bad, or indifferent into fitness ever since then. So here is a little bit of fitness chat. Okay, I'm gonna get a Bowflex. I'm gonna commit. I'm gonna get some dumbbells. You know you can't eat dumbbells, right? So today I don't have some uh, hard and fast science Huge disclaimer right off the bat regarding fitness, but it's just something that actually occurred to me this morning in the gym regarding fitness. Um, we constantly see science, or or let's get rid of all the bro science crap, all the theories and and gym bro, you know, just all the crap that just seems too good to be true, or even the people on steroids and all that crap. But we see, for those of us that are doing our uh, diligence about trying to educate ourselves via the, following the right people and learning from the right people and reading the right literature, it still seems like this, there's, even, there's even people on two sides of multiple fences that have scientific backings, where one person will say one thing and another person will say another thing, and they both contradict each other, and they're from what you would essentially think of as reputable sources. So we're always faced with, well, this one thing says it's going to be, it'll break down muscle if I do this, but this other thing says it won't, or this thing will do stuff good with fat, this thing won't. And here's something I thought of today at the gym, and this is maybe the old man gone through it all phase, because I've not like steroids or anything, but I've done it all. I've tried every diet, I've tried every workout routine, I've tried every supplement. And the only thing that gave me no shit as seen on TV results was extreme, extreme consistency with my everything I did with fitness and my diet. It didn't matter what diet I was on or what re, uh, training regimen I was doing. It was the fact I was doing it consistently and that my diet, whatever it was, was spot on for the goal I was sh uh, striving for. It didn't matter. And I'm not going to like name names or systems or brands or anything like that. But it didn't matter which one I did. The thing that got me results was generically consistency in diet. It had, it didn't. I, I truly am starting to believe it wasn't what I did. Obviously, if you're getting down into bodybuilding, where little percentages matter, or body, you know, body weight sports where every pound or ounce matters. Okay, that might actually make a difference. Where that, where those little um, adjustments might be game changers for you. But for my goals. As I've tried, I've always like been interested in aesthetics, but I've also been interested in, I, some people hate the phrase, functional fitness, especially in the military and as a firefighter, I cared about being able to be fit and functional in my careers, and aesthetics were a byproduct of that. Um, and now that I'm playing around in Hollywood, aesthetics are certainly an issue. Um, but also, now that I'm 40, I don't need to weigh 285 pounds. You know, I'm happy with 245 pounds. I'd actually like to weigh less, to be honest with you, because I want to go... Uh, halo jumping and skydiving and most parachutes aren't rated for that kind of body weight. So the thing that there was not one system, like some of them are more conducive and, 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 and plug inable to my life. I will grant it that, but not one system made me go, holy crap. After three months of this, this is the thing that has changed my life. I I've been able to take elements from various things or quote unquote systems I've done that made me go, okay, I like this part of it. It makes it this better because at the end of the day, it's all about consistency. And so I've, you know, the six meal a day thing, let's just be generic on that, that that's been part of fitness and bodybuilding since the dawn of time, getting rid of that via other techniques has been 
awesome for me. No difference in results. Uh, I could have done the six meal a day thing. I could do two meals a day, three meals a day, one meal a day. And as long as I was consistent with it and the diet I was in, uh, taking in was on top of a good consistent training regimen, results were the same. I could almost bet if anybody goes, here's what your diet's going to be and here's what workout you're going to do for this photo shoot in three months, you need to be shredded. I could probably do it on any diet or any routine that's not just some wazoo joke. And so I say all that, it might also be frustrating, but I also say that to give you hope in that I, like I said, I started when I was in junior high, getting obsessed with this world. And I'm a person that loves to know everything I can about everything. And it was overwhelming and it is overwhelming and it will always over be overwhelming. But the thing I'm learning in my, maybe it's a maturity thing or just from just literally trying almost everything out there in every magazine is that the thing that I see the, the through line, the common denominator in all these competing methodologies is the thing that makes them work is consistency in diet. And I guess generically speaking, everybody goes, well, what diet? And I say generically in retrospect, uh, being in a caloric deficit, no matter what diet I was on, what macros I was eating, what type of diet I was eating or how frequently I was eating, I was always the common denominator was caloric deficit and not one diet system was a game changer. I've had photo shoots that I was shredded in at various stages of my life and career and where I'd, I, I could go back. I didn't log it. Um, literally for these purposes, but I could go back and cross-reference diet journals and photo shoot dates and cross-reference. And I know I've had equally similar results with completely different diet setups. Uh, and they were all the only common denominator was a caloric deficit. So when I was, what I was saying is, yeah, this might be like, Oh God, very discouraging. This thing I'm doing stick with whatever you're doing. I don't care what it is. If it's a caloric deficit, if you're trying to lose fat and maintain muscle, because there's a really find sweet spot there to maintain and or especially build muscle and burn fat. But most people are trying to just be lean and maintain whatever muscle they have under there. Uh, let's just keep it at that. Maintain your caloric deficit for you and stick with it and not just sticking with the diet, stick with the exercise. All the other stuff is incidental rocket science. I'm almost certain from my experience. And then I've also been bedridden after a major surgery where all I did was diet. And I was consistent with it and I was shredded. I lost muscle mass and overall weight because I was bedridden. Um, and so obviously I wasn't stimulating muscles for growth and I dropped my calories because to be in a caloric deficit being bedridden, I was in a, I was eating some low calories, but I was consistent and I was shredded. Um, so do that. Don't be discouraged. Stick with whatever you have. It's going to, some of this, if depending on where you're at in your fitness life, this could, this is a life change for you. But once you get the pattern established, the thing that matters is consistency. So set yourself up for success. If for some freak reason, a caloric deficit and eating six small meals a day works for you and you get the same results as if you ate one meal a day and you're still in a caloric deficit and you trained the same, fine, do whatever the crap works for you. Um, you know, I think there's obviously healthier choices. Like if you can be in a caloric deficit eating donuts, that's probably not the ideal. It's on paper doable, I would imagine, but obviously make smart choices. But at the end of the day, whatever the hell works for you, that's what matters. You know, drop the science. I mean, use the science to make educated decisions, but see where it implements for you. Cause at the end of the day, we are not clones. Every one of us is different at 
from the surface all the way down to the genetic chromosomal level. And they're, they're, and then you add in the human brain and then emotions and all that crap. There's no way there's one thing that works for everybody or consistently, but there are a lot of things that might overlap and work better for you. So <sighs> I don't know. Just take that for what it's worth. It was kind of a minor little epiphany day for me at the gym. So take that for what it's worth. And I hope that helps encourage you and not discourage you. And for you people listening to the freebie Monday, kudos to you because you're also going to get a new segment because the emails and the contact information has been piling up. So here's where I'm going to address things that are being emailed to me or whatever. I don't want to say fan mail because that seems really pompous, but you know, this is where people are getting a hold of me and uh, let's share it. Ah! Oh my God! Here? I know him. I know him. So this is really cool and ultimately flattering that people are reaching out and contacting me. And I won't use names, um, even though some of these posts are public. I don't want to just assume that. Uh, but the first message I got was regarding, just generically speaking, um, she said, I want to thank you and say I've been really enjoying the Land of Boz. She loves the nerd portion because she's been a nerd herself. Uh, she's always has thoughts and stuff she wants to write down, but she's driving, so I'm glad she doesn't write them down. Um, and she goes, I know I'm doing your best. You're doing your best to fix the audio equipment with your guests. And I just want to tell everybody that is fixed. You'll hear this later in the show with Jesse. Uh, it sounds great. So, uh, she says, I wonder how expensive the equipment is that you need. I mean, obviously it could be crazy expensive, but it doesn't matter because I fixed it and I fixed it with good old fashioned rigging. And lastly, to get to her question, she goes, is Jack Daniels your favorite whiskey brand or is there another one? Um, Jack Daniels is my favorite go-to brand that I can afford. Uh, I do, I've had Johnny Walker blue and it tastes of unicorn blood and it's amazing. Uh, so that answers that question. And I just really want to thank you for writing in another one. I wanted to address, um, it was publicly, but it was, um, on, uh, regarding episode eight, Wednesday, the 10th, uh, a lot of the topics we're talking about hate and letting go and forgiveness and just the things we go through and how to deal with it. And, um, this person wrote in, she's a, a patron and, uh, it was really cool. She wrote a lot. And so I won't read the whole thing, but she purged a lot. And it was, into, it was really cool because she goes, um, I love this line. So ex expectations are premeditated resentments. I love that. Say that. Let me read that again to you. Expectations are premeditated resentments. And as I hear it, read that is if you're in the wrong headspace or a toxic headspace or a negative headspace, if you set an expectation for something and you're in a negative space, you're setting it up for failures essentially. And then you're going to resent the situation. And then this is funny because I'm the same way. She goes lowering expectations and focusing on the, the, and ugh, lowering expectations and focusing on them is the only thing I have control over, which is freedom. So that's interesting lowering expectations. Um, so that was interesting. That's a really interesting topic. Um, she also wrote me a really long email and they were great. And, uh, this is this, I guess this is the summation of everything she wrote me is forgiveness is easier when you realize it's more toxic for said person holding it rather than the person who perpetuated the offense. So again, let me read these. These are, this is, she's very eloquently, uh, she's very, she speaks or types writes very eloquently. Forgiveness is easier when you realize it's more toxic for said person holding it rather than the person who, who perpetrated 
the offense against me. So I just love it. She goes, karma is real. Justice will always prevail. (laughs) So that was a good, uh, I appreciate her writing in. Um, That means a lot to me that somebody took the time to do that. And then thank you uh, regarding uh, the compliments and the um, appreciation of the nerd section and then asking me about my whiskey. So I really appreciate people just doing that. That, That's really awesome. So keep it up. Uh, You're welcome to comment on the Patreon page. Uh, Not everybody wants to go to the website or download the app. So you're welcome to just email me, fans at jeffbosley.com. Or like two of these people did, uh, you can comment under the specific episode's feed itself on patreon.com forward slash Jeff Bosley. Either way, with technology, I'll get the notification, I'll jot it down and reply back or just share it with the world. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. It's pretty cool. Thanks. And now real quick, I just want to do a quick little bleh. Um, I'm doing an awesome little thing with laser hit shooters coming up. Uh, they've provided me with a bunch of images from the new Call of Duty Black, Call of Duty 4 Black Ops game, uh, of which I am, I don't want to say play a character, but it's a video game, So, but Nomad, me, uh, one and one. And he's sending me some pictures, and we're going to do a cool cross-promotion thing. They're not a sponsor of the show or anything, I just want to drop a name because they took time to print these pictures and, and uh, mail them to me. That's cool. Um, and we're all going to get some pictures and we'll do, I'm going to do some sort of contest if anybody has ideas or whatnot. Uh, but we're, we're going to send out these, um, a lot of this is for kids. Um, I, I actually know two people that have contacted me to have me sign nomad posters, um, for their kids cause they just find it to be such a cool character. So it's an honor and, uh, just keep your eye out for that. If you're a call of duty fan, if you have kids or friends, kids that are call of duty fans, uh, it's going to be a pretty cool event. So, uh, one way or another, I'll come up with something to get these out to you. <laughs> And my uh, breadwinner, if you will, my reason to exist career-wise and artistic and ways to be artistically fulfilled is I'm an actor. And I got I had somebody write in regarding um, a film I was in, and so we'll do a little blurb about my life as an actor. Well, I'm an actor, right? So I got to keep my emotions right at the surface, you know? Now, again, I don't want to be presumptuous and assume people want me to just name drop them. So the gentleman that wrote me, I believe... Again, there's so many ways to get a hold of me, but one of the ways he did, he got a hold of me and said um, he just wanted a little bit of backstory about a film I was in called Want vs. Do. Uh, if you go to IMDb, uh, I'm the only Jeff Bosley. <clears throat> there was a film I was in, I believe it's literally the first one on my IMDb credits called Want vs. Do. Uh, and it's either that one or one called Regret or one called Cash Mines. And uh, the reason those three are on the forefront of my mind when it comes to the timeline is... A group of, of us friends in Idaho started wanting to make movies. And this was before everybody could make movies on their cell phone. This is still in the time where everybody had to, like, you know, get three credit cards to save up for a good video camera. Editing equipment wasn't, a, you know, easy to get. It, it was still in the before the cowboy days right now where it's the Wild West of uh, filmmaking. Um, and this is basically anybody that kind of knows a little bit of acting world. Um, 28 days... The very first 28 days, whatever it was called, 20 days later, I think, or 28 weeks, the first one, 28 days later, it had just been released and it was shot on a consumer level camera called the uh, Canon XL1, I believe. And we saved up, got that camera, a group of us, some way, shape or form, and we started making movies. And we were just like, kind of the way people are now, uh, like some of the people I know in LA, making content, getting out there and all that. Um, I, I did this 
God, when was this? Uh, 2000? So, holy hell. That can't be right. Yeah, it was before I joined the Army. So, I think it was 99 or 2000. We started making indie films. So, yeah, I've been, wow, I've been making indie films since 2000, 18 years. Um, and we started churning out scripts. Like, whoever wrote a script, we would shoot it. We would cast it amongst our group. And then our, because uh, a lot of us were theater uh, students in the college. And we'd also cast other people, and we just worked as this big conglomerate, and we would make movies. And I can't write dialogue. I can write music videos. <laughs> so my two products were um, a film called Regret and Want Versus Do, which essentially they were uh, just music videos. Um, you know, I, I, I worked with people to actually score the films, and I... I licensed their content on them. I did every, we did everything legit. Now was each film or each short we did was a, an exercise to practice something like one friend's film. He wrote something to work on green screen because green screen was really hard back then. Um, if you had like consumer level, um, software. And so his film was to work on green screen. Another guy's film was to work on like lighting. Mine was to work on getting, you know, copywriting with music and uh, action scenes and I wanted to do some stunts and uh, so we all would like have a couple things we'd want to accomplish for an ultimate which we never got to so we'd go through all the you in the films they're, they're called debar- department heads so that would include stuff like um, wardrobe special effects everything that has to do with anything with a movie has a department and we wanted to kind of test the waters with little baby films in each department so focusing on each department for that little baby film for a major film that we were that was written uh, we got a lot of it shot and um, the footage is actually somewhere in El Segundo California in my storage unit I believe uh, that someday may see the light of day um, it was I don't want to give anything it away yet but our film company we actually uh, became an LLC it was called small potato films uh, we we're from Idaho and uh, we started shooting that, but my, to answer the question who wrote in, uh, the film Want Versus Do, that was mine. And uh, it's a little film of where a Mormon missionary in a minivan cuts off my character. Uh, I beat the crap out of him. Tables turn, he beats the crap out of me, and it's called Want Versus Do. It's like what you do versus what, you know, it's what you want to do versus what you do do. Most of us, when we get cut off, don't pull over and go all Matrix fight on somebody. And so that was mine, my uh, contribution to our little uh, working ethic. And um, it, some of the greatest memories I have were on those films because it was pure. Um, we didn't have bills and kids and wives and we had jobs because we were in college. But it was just it was an interesting time where things were just um, a lot more fun and pure and less uh, less costly metaphorically and literally. So that is uh, what Want Versus Do was. And that actually can be found on my Vimeo page, vimeo.com, Jeff Bosley. So if you ever want to check it out, it's it's there for you. So uh, I really appreciate you writing in, buddy. That's really cool. You've been a massive supporter since day one. And I, I recognize your name, and I thank you for all of it. And I thank you, everybody else, for listening. And hopefully uh, these little insights into my past that I just became aware of that I've been doing for now 20 years with an intermission of uh, playing Green Beret and Firefighter. Uh, been eye-opening so (laughs) hope you enjoy thanks and that brings us to the second half of the show where i talk to one of my friends today's friend is jesse coin he was here last week he's going to keep coming back in future weeks today he and i discuss what it's like to be a supportive parent in a world of extreme uh, sports and athletics 
also being cognizant of the new research with um, all the head trauma that's happening and concussions that we've probably been ignoring most of our life. And uh, I'm not a parent. Um, I do love kids and I like taking care of them. I can't fathom what it's like to be a parent like Jesse and his wife and um, trying to make the decisions on how to be supportive of your children, wanting to play some contact sports like football and um, also being aware of the long-term effects of head trauma. And specifically for Jesse, who served in the military, he's had his bell rung many a time. And so he's uh, intimately familiar with the potential fallout of uh, not necessarily undiagnosed head trauma, but one too many. So here is an amazing conversation for you parents out there and you people interested in in sports and sports science and head trauma and concussions. My uh, conversation with Jesse. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. All right, and that friend coming back this week today is Jesse Coyne. He was here last week talking about all his passionate love of China, <laughs> and now he will provide us which, with diversity that few people can actually offer, uh, a little bit of parenting world. So welcome back, bud. Thanks, homie. Good to be back. Yeah, so uh, actually, I didn't do this last time. Quick little, um, your your life in a nutshell. Who are you? <laughs> Who am I? That's a, that's a deep philosophical question. Exactly. And um, answer it quickly. I am uh, prior military. Uh, now I work, actually, I, I got out of the Army, and now I, to my eternal shame, I, I took a contract with the Navy. Um, but uh, <laughs> I work I work at a, a, a nuclear storage site, and I have a huge family that's that's it yeah that's pretty much it that's pre- i mean yeah you have to have been in uh infantry uh, jesse was infantry and mechanized infantry and mm-hmm. that's probably the only thing that could prepare you for such fatherhood <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's all you did was you took care of privates you know now yes. you do the same and, thing and and it's it's now the same thing only i'm, I'm not even getting paid for it <laughs> all right so well yeah no that's another conversation so what do you have for us today bud today i wanted to uh touch on something that, that has really been, been, uh, playing around in my head lately. Uh, so I've got, uh, four boys and a girl, uh, all four of my boys are in different sports. Uh, my oldest and my youngest are in karate. Um, my middle oldest is in dance and my uh, middle youngest is in hockey. And, uh, what we've had to do, uh, across everything except a dance this year is we've had to get them baseline tested for concussions. And I really, I hadn't quite wrapped my brain around how much uh, concussions play a part in sports. And it's across the board. If I can interject, so they're actually establishing, kind of like we did in the military, a a pre, we know your bell's going to get rung. Exactly. And I think, uh, honestly. Literally giving it a foundation so they have something to compare it to if it happens. Yes, absolutely. And I think, honestly, that's where it came from is, is from the military. Yeah, I it, mean, you had to do that in the army, right? Yep. It was probably well for you because you were in before me and longer than me. They, uh, your baseline was probably, if not you, uh, you had friends or soldiers. <laughs> your baseline was already after your belt had been rung. So yeah, it was like, I was, I was, it was blown like up, good, uh, too little, too late. <laughs> I was blown up six times before they took my baseline. <laughs> So like we'll just subtract this by eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. Exactly so the military it. had that is when you enlist, they might even do it in basic for all we know now. Is, I don't is know. They, but yeah. I know they do. They, yeah. They do it when your bell pre bell ringing. Uh, so mm-hmm. they have a baseline because yeah. And though this is genius, it makes a lot of sense in sports. It does. It does. Um, the the data I did because I actually did a segment on this a, a few weeks ago and and uh, the data on this it, it blew my mind. 
Like you expect stuff, you know, football to have, you know, yeah, a yeah. lot of concussions. And it does. It, it accounts for over half of all youth sports concussions come from football uh, among boys. Lord. I know, right? Wow. Wow. And uh, what I didn't figure is that um, soccer, soccer accounts really? for the most uh, female concussions for, for girl sports. Wow. Um, I mean, they, it's they funny because if my sister listened to this, she played goalkeeper in soccer and, and oh, I played man. goalkeeper growing up. And uh, both of us, my most massive injuries prior to joining the military have been, were from soccer. Uh, mm-hmm. One time she dove, she dove into a goalpost and knocked her, she knocked herself to F out. Oh, man. And, uh, but I never got my head, but I got uh, a dude in high school, kicked me, broke three of my ribs, which ruptured my spleen, gave me a heart contusion. And uh, yeah, and I was in soccer. But yeah, yeah I never would have guessed <laughs> head injuries though, like head injuries. It is. It's it's over half the the girls' uh, sports injuries are from soccer. But it's they studied. I want to say twelve scholastic sports, and they there were concussions in all of them. And really, it was an eleven year study, and over the eleven years, in all of them, the concussions went up. Now, do you think, or did the data say, from your experience, or the data is it? Is it, beca- is it because a lot of people don't know they had a concussion or are these straight up legit, like the concussions you and I know about, you know, like we're like, oh, this dude's gone. This was like done in like a- the late 90s, early 2000s, culminating oh, so just, yeah, after, were- just after just uh, after the start of the Iraq war. And I, I, I want to say that this is the kind of information that led people to like, hmm, maybe we should consider yeah. this. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, I mean, like I, I, one of the things that first popped in my head when you're talking about it, because I mentioned it uh, yesterday on the show, was a rodeo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A lot of people don't realize, I mean, people just muscle through it. Football, they're like, well, we're wearing a helmet, so we'll headbutt some stuff and we're protected. But a lot of people probably, I'm sure the studies show this, and as times are changing, people probably are getting concussions and didn't, like diagnostically were getting concussed, but actually didn't symptomatically realize they'd had one. Yes. So a lot of people probably didn't, you know, probably people walked off the field just going, oh, you know, your bell's been rung. You know, yeah. but when you're wearing a helmet, you just assume, you know, as children or, and or cavemen that your bell's rung, and, but your helmet protected you. But when you're like in rodeo, your bell's rung. It's, you know, your bell was rung because you're unconscious. Yes. You know, but even yeah. then they probably said, you know, wake up. Okay, you're yeah, good. Hey, no shake concussion. it off. You got another ride here in a few yeah. minutes. Yeah. And that stuff doesn't happen anymore. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> um, I actually just bought because my son is in his growth spurt and he only outgrew the expensive parts of his hockey gear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I just spent like well 140 done. bucks on a new helmet for him. Well, yeah. And, uh, and next week when you get the new one, you'll be able to know, this one on. I know. Oh gosh. It hurts. What is this? What's the place of played against sports? They have that there. Is that where that started? Uh, they I had some there. Thing. Yeah, it is. They have, they had uh, some at, at uh, played against sports, but, um, I did my shopping online and I was going to say, Hey, if I can find this there, I'll pick it up. But they're actually improving helmet technology specifically to counteract concussions. Like my son's helmet last year, uh, you know, it's the, it's the padding on the inside that protects your grape. Mm -hmm. Um, this year there's actually liquid filled pads inside, like built into the helmet that, that, uh, dissipate the shock better. Really? Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I remember high school football. It was, a little air cushy thing, you know, right. yeah, these things aren't made to protect your dome. <laughs> no, they're made to, made to protect your skull from getting fractured, not to protect your brain from getting yeah. shaken well, around inside your yeah. head. I mean, a running joke, like in the motorcycle world is, is you're not wearing your helmet. Your helmet's wearing you, you know, 
Like, that's you exactly know, it. I mean, yeah, that's obviously for like high speed trauma, but like, yeah, it's, at the end of the day, it's if you're wearing a crappy helmet, it's it's just for looks. Um, so yeah. what are the, the contact sports? Like, did you do any things like, as far as like, um, you said there's dance and like, obviously we have from those 11 years of studies, <clears throat> the obvious, obvious, like, you know, uh, rodeo or not maybe rodeo, but football, football, soccer is a surprise. Soccer, the, the big two like, in, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're probably yeah. going where I was thinking. Yeah. The big two for boys are soccer or correction, uh, football and lacrosse. Um, but you know, baseball, softball, um, for girls, uh, the big ones were soccer and, uh, volleyball actually. That's to me. And then, cause ignorance or from the ignorant eye looking in, it's gotta be, it's, I think it's a shock because we associate, and I still do this my same, uh, even though I have the education is mm-hmm. you associate concussion with somebody that got knocked the F out. Right. And you're, like the first instinct when you said these sports, I'm like, I've never seen anybody in volleyball, lacrosse, or whatever get knocked unconscious. And that's, right. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, a huge misnomer with concussions is that Absolutely, you yes. can just have a minor headbutt and that could technically have concussed your dome. It, it's concussive effects. It's, it's, ab- yeah. that's absolutely correct. And that's, I think, what, what led to this is more people noticing or redefining what constitutes a concussion. Yeah. Because, sure. yeah, if you're conscious, okay, well, suck it up buttercup you know rub some yeah yeah i mean and i think and i think uh i would obviously say the nfl is is probably going a lot of like retroactive oh shit we've been doing this wrong that's exactly right because like these guys have this career and i'm bet i'm sure this is where you're going with this is like these guys have some 15 year career they didn't get knocked they like they can almost go i never got knocked out once so of course i never had a concussion dude dies they do a brain autopsy and they're like oh his brain was a mess yeah, that's what they did. And they uh, go, well, but they never got passed ago. out. Yeah. Uh, Junior Seau committed suicide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and, and their dome, and then yeah, they his his brain, the literally the physical soup. matter was me- was a disaster. Yeah, his brain was soup inside his skull, and yeah. and uh, that's uh, th- that's what I think has led to a lot of the new regulations because you, you look at these people and, bro, the, I've been blown up eleven times in my army career. <laughs> Oh my God. It was a lot, dude. And wow. I know guys who've gotten blown up, you know, a handful of times, maybe like once or twice, maybe. Yeah. And these dudes, they're starting to, to realize like the long term effects of concussive injuries. These dudes yeah. are in their 30s getting Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm not okay with that. that. Yeah. Exactly. And they, yeah, that's, and it, well, um, this could be the question of the day is, when you discharge from the military is cause like when I, the five seconds I was a firefighter, one of the things, um, like you pretty much, there was, I don't say it wasn't a waiver, but it, there's pretty much a, here's what, here's what we're going to do for you when you get out of the fire service and you get lung cancer. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like, here's the facts. Does the military pretty much like blanket even cover that? You know, cause like we talk about, you know, um, not agent orange, good Lord, uh, from the burn pits, there's all this oh, retroactive yeah. you know, stuff. Is there any sort of retroactive, head injury stuff or are you out mm-hmm. and you're just SOL? i got um i'm getting uh a, a little bit of disability for uh tbi for traumatic for brain sure. injuries um but i mean if i really I, yeah, wanted I, like long-term treatment care as, as opposed yeah. to just you know palliative care i i fail to believe the be military to, yeah will hold their i'm not gonna hold my breath good right, right. wrong or indifferent about the military going all right everybody i mean 
I probably could have got a, technically got a concussion from airborne school. I mean, oh, so I know I did, bro. <laughs> so if everybody for that that realizes diagnostically they've probably on paper had a clinical concussion in the military came mm-hmm. back and said, "Hey, uh, I'd like to have treatment for this." Military would go bankrupt. I mean, they would. Yeah, it should be it should be the right thing to do, and obviously then there'd be the people working the system, etc. But right, that'd be right. like every boxer that's still alive. Boxers, they got to be almost one of the prime people that for, for a, a living fact. you eat concussions. Yeah, exactly. Those and MMA guys, and yeah, maybe maybe boxers more because MMA at least they can not just focus on the dome, right? But uh, yeah, I fail to believe like the whole. Um, I just forgot the governing agency for uh, boxing, um, whatever they are. I doubt yeah, anybody yeah, alive. Yeah, the athletic commissions. They, yeah, they can go back and go. Oh well, yeah. Diagnostically, you've had concussions, but you're sorry. You're not. You know, we're not liable anymore. And right. Wow, and you're gonna put your kids through this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, well, so does. The, does I, yeah. Does a protective gear is it combating it or you know like in the NFL they got rid of head uh, helmet to helmet contact. I assume that's trickling down to you know it is football. It is actually. I think it's it's mostly it's trickling up to the professional sports. Like it started yeah, at the grassroots level. Like I am so sick of seeing my son go unconscious when he you know goes you know nugget to nugget with somebody else, and you know wow. that works its way up through the college system and eventually works its way up to the professional sports. Yeah. So like, does the I mean. Is the equipment combating it? I mean, is there like, did you see any there studies is. There has been, there's been, um, it's, there's been some studies and, and the data is still coming out there. We're still trying to figure out, you know, what, you know, I think this is going to work if we put this, in, if we build this into the helmet and yeah. on the crash test dummies, it shows what we're looking for. Um, they're still starting to put out their um, new materials, new, um, because it used to be like, you know, you'd have the the padding in your helmet was, was you know, the same stuff you have in like a cheap cooler you get at a gas station. Yeah, it was, a, it was foam. I mean, yeah, my, rigid my foam. Mitch helmet, I think my Mitch helmet in airborne school was just that stupid foam. I don't, I it, mean, yeah. I mean, and I know in the exactly military, it. correct me if I'm wrong, the helmet was, was, the resistance was due to bullets hitting it. it. They could care less about the impact from your dome hitting the ground. I mean... It was right. like wearing a bu- bulletproof armor plate on your head, and they go, "Hey, here's some foam padding to put between your head and this." Yeah, it's, that's that's plate. that's to make it comfy, not to really protect you from anything, because this is designed yeah, yeah. to stop shrapnel, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they weren't made from to leaving your skull. Yeah, they were not made for impact resistance. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Interesting. And so, as a parent, what? <laughs> as a like parent, the great thing is like. As, a, as an individual, it's like, well, you know, I'm willing to take these chances, you know, all the way up from the boxing level to even the NFL guys are like, I love my sport. I love my game. But that's like a over 18 self-imposed right. choice. Yes. Now, correct. a kid that wants to do things and the kids always, we've been them, the kids that think we know mm-hmm. better than our parents, but you now know better than your children. What, like, I can't, I don't have kids. So how do you go? Well, here's a sport that statistically could really damage your head, but you enjoy it. Right. So, uh, <laughs> parenting one hundred one here. <laughs> so my wife and I had to talk about this because um, uh, my uh, my kid sister uh, actually uh, she was slotted for the U.S. Uh, women's Olympic team as uh, a goalkeeper for ice hockey. Oh wow! And she uh, got a uh, she was hit by a car unfortunately and got a massive concussion. Uh, cost her the opportunity, but. Oh 
yeah, it, it, it has affected her the rest of her life. And, wow. um, yeah. And so Laura and I are like, do we really, I mean, my son is passionate about this. He loves it. He's a great skater. Yeah. He's, he's a great, uh, shooter, but is it worth it just for some fun? Like, yeah. cause unless, unless yeah, he's I, like I, scholarship level good, there's really not yeah. a lot of net benefit from this. Yeah, this is fun and team or, team sports, you know, working well with others and all that yeah, crap. I mean, it, it it's is not until college. Yeah, for sure. It's not until college and, you know, career where mm-hmm. you literally there's there's a cost benefit right now. Like you said, at, at the end of the day, it is just for fun and, and lessons mm-hmm. learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we had a nice we had probably an hour long sit down conversation about this without the kids present. Mm-hmm. And um, so. In our league, uh, they require that you have a baseline test before you start the season. And who pays uh, for it, that? I assume that's out of pocket, right? Yeah, that's that's on. It's kind of like a pre 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 sport physical. That's correct. Just yeah, that's exactly it. Gotcha. It's just an extra step in that. You know, making sure yeah. you're you're healthy enough to play the sport. Yeah. But if you if you get your bell rung, uh, you you are done. You are out for the game. You can try okay. again next week. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Now is this well? Now, not to, this sounds jaded, like I have kids, but I don't. So, like, is this so? There's like, if you play for your school, most of the time the schools cover the physical. The thing like, bare, right? School physicals are essentially a joke. They're like, yeah, you they have are. a pulse and you're somewhat safe to play. Yeah. So anything beyond that, extracurricular, not school related, obviously is coming out of your pocket. Uh, and that's also when yep. you're buying a new helmet, a new helmet weekly. <laughs> <laughs> and then I assume any. So the uh, the baseline concussion test is out of pocket, and I assume let's say he gets his bell rung to get the clearance, that's also out of pocket, right? I mean, if it's extracurricular, yeah. or, or like if you have health insurance, etc. But it's still yeah, I've got pretty good insurance that, through yeah, my company, sure. but at the same time, like uh, yeah, I can then, only imagine people because you're, I mean, Jesse won't toot his own horn more than he has to, but like Jesse's a, a very responsible like fiscally normal very good off dude as far as making good decisions (laughs) so like you take a parent that has a kid that's a little less better off in a less good situation as poorly uh worded as that was uh i can't imagine some parent go you know or a single mom let's say i mean i know i have a single one actually alicia on this show she's a single mom of like three kids in her brood and let's say two of their kids get (laughs) a bell their bell rung and she's got to pay out of pocket to get these you know i'm sure uh head doctors aren't exactly something super cheap on an app. Right. I mean, that's a downward, it's a potential downward spiral for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. And then also in Jesse's defense and a lot of things like Jesse is not the one of the people that's going to Purellify his kids. Je- Jesse's an old fashioned parent right. where kids are going to have fun, get dirty, learn lessons and discipline and all that stuff. You know, he's not going to wrap their life. You know, he's not going to put nerf, foam on all the corners of the sharp objects of his house he's gonna <laughs> you know he's, he's a good balance of protection and adventure but i can't uh i can't imagine okay so continued you and laura sat yeah. down and had the conversation yeah we did and uh so um we can we can uh as i'm assuming it's just it's just you know him getting cobwebs um <laughs> but uh i'm good with him being out for the seat for for the for the next week you know, um, and then we'll reassess. You mean if he gets his head, if he gets his bell if he wrong, gets if or... he gets his bell wrong, if he gets if you gotcha. know get, get some cobwebs in there. Um, if it happens again, or if he goes unconscious once, he's done. We're pulling him from the sport. No, kidding. I am. I am. 
I have had enough concussions that I can, I can, I'm starting to realize the long-term effects of that sure. uh, in terms of my memory, in terms of my cognitive abilities. Yeah, it's just, sure. I am, I cannot memorize people's names like I used to. I can't memorize numbers like I used to. Yeah. And, and his head's still developing. I mean, you're more or less. Exactly. There's a lot of crap that could still go wrong. Exactly right. And, and that's, oh, that's God. honestly, it's not worth it to me. Yeah. It's, it's, I want him to have fun and I want him to toughen up. And, uh, fortunately he's, you know, uh, he's, he's nine. So they're not doing full contact hits. They're learning to skate, learning to pass learning to shoot. Yeah. So, uh, the odds of him getting a concussion and this is this also what we're banking on right now is the odds of him getting a concussion are still relatively low vis-a-vis like high school and college and professional level sports. Yeah. So we'll let him keep playing and we'll keep an eye on him. Um, <laughs> my other two boys in karate, we're actually, I'm actually uh, picking them up helmets uh, next month. So they'll be able to start sparring. And um, oh, that's crazy. yeah, that's what worries me. Cause I, I you know, I, I, did uh, competitive taekwondo for years and I, I mean these are sports where the job is to contact is contact the sport people yeah, yeah yeah I mean even football it's it's not like it is major part of it but it, the job isn't to hit him in the head or get points and right and it's literally a fighting sport <laughs> it is it is and and they're very good at it and I and I like the the discipline it gives them and I like the the self-defense techniques that it gives them oh absolutely I like the self-confidence that it gives them but Again, yeah. going back to that, like they're gonna like if you want to actually apply these techniques, you have to spar, and yeah, you know, and I'm on. It, it concerns me. They've they've come out in the last couple of years with really advanced new. Uh, uh, it's almost like a almost like a gel foam uh, helmet for uh, boxers in training and for martial arts. Yeah, uh, I've I got seen one myself. it where. They use it. I think they use it on. It's the same. I think it's the same technology. Like I know. Uh, like I have it in my motorcycle jackets, and uh, like stuntmen use it, where it's it's pliable until it's impacted, and it becomes like almost like. Not, it might be slightly different, but I think it all kind of becomes like rock solid or something. It's like this, it's yeah. kind of almost science fictiony. Yeah, it is. It is. It's really cool stuff. Expensive as hell. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, my kids' brains are worth it. For sure. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I say this, like my closest thing that I come to in, in silly Hollywood of, of head injuries is falling off my motorcycle, which is all self-imposed. And yeah, you right. sit there and you're like, the minute you go, oh, do I really? I'm like, what the crap am I thinking? Of course I want this patty. <laughs> you know? You know? Yeah. But then yes. you, you have you have brood in your own offspring. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I mean, yeah, there's no, uh, <laughs> there's like no right answer. Because, yeah, I mean, at least you guys have, like, and I'm, I wouldn't expect any less of you and Laura, like, to have, here are the parameters, here's the our cutoff point, and here's our adapt uh, point. And, and, yeah, I mean, exactly. That's a, that's a good lesson for a lot of people, if I guess, you know, for the parents that do listen, is is have, a I guess, staged stage elements of retreat, you know, whether, you know, then that's a really good way to look at it. Right. And then God and, help you when he's 18. Yeah, about that. <laughs> That's a that's a whole nother show. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the reason I don't drink because I <laughs> I would eventually start thinking about that and I would drink myself to death. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think what you touched on something that's important there is that being reactive to this stuff it puts you at a really 
bad disadvantage, especially as being a parent, because your kids want to keep doing this stuff. Like, I, I'm fine. I feel fine. I'm good. I puked once. I was unconscious for a second. Let me get back in the game. Yeah. And trying to convince them after that, it's really difficult. Oh, so like he even knows, yeah. So proactively, he even knows these are this is what's going to happen. Absolutely, as soon as we established the baseline that we both agreed with, we made him aware. Like, hey, Bubba, I know you love the sport, but gotcha. If this happens, you're done, and you're going to have to find a different sport. Yeah, yeah, and he that's good as especially just a child. I mean, instantly it's going to be a little tiffle because it's you know parents telling a kid they can't do anything, but it's nice if he's. Just I would say like in anything in this world as adults, if you converse before it happens, and this is probably for sure like a military thing, you mm-hmm. do it, you plan ahead when it's nice, calm, cool, and collected. When right. it happens, it seems less reactionary and less panicky. And it'll Yeah, I'm just saying, bro, it's slightly like, Yeah. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. <laughs> oh, there's the bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. You know, I like how somehow we before things it. go wrong, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, God, um, I'm in awe of this. Like, I got chills multiple times thinking about this, and how many times I I can't. I mean, you and uh, I don't even think you guys have physically met my other my best friend Jared. You guys have had very similar careers, and I know he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he's up to eleven, but I mean, there wasn't a deployment he told me about where he didn't get his bell rung or knocked to the yep. f out or blown yep. up. And sadly, and I think this 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 is the military or a high level anything. So the NFL, it sadly it took dudes in the NFL getting Parkinson's and dying and, and all that to create an awareness that trickles, you know, one way and the other way military. It took dudes getting their bell rung to, you know, change or even dying to change like EMS practices in the civilian world. Sadly, it takes these absurd extremes to create it, but yeah, at least the dialogue is starting, but I still can't fathom being a parent right now (laughs) yeah yeah honestly that i I think i think now that we're starting to take it more seriously and starting to to get treatment like you know instantly yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing what this does to the uh veteran suicide numbers and how we can bring those down because they're starting to attribute a lot of that to concussive injuries to blast injuries yeah i i would that was actually an interesting point i was going to go at is is there's this, there, there, everybody thinks these head injuries are isolated, but then, you know, like, uh, say, oh, there's a perfect example is, you know, it might've not been one traumatic event. You know, that's the thing is if you spend a career doing it or one good bell ringing your brain, if anybody's actually done any sort of anatomy, physiology and dissection, that thing is a fragile little piece of fruit, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just suspended in like a little bit of juice that allows a very little tolerance. And then, you just set that up for failure and all sorts of traumas. I, I mean, I know you do. Uh, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. My career was a little mm-hmm. unique, but I still, I still, would, I can actually. The minute you said that, I can attribute it to one uh, SF dude where I know it's from head injuries. I know it's from you know, and mm-hmm. he's, he's just not right. And I can't fathom. And this is a little dark, I guess. But you and I were just talking before we hit record about back injuries and back pain, right? And I was actually just talking to a doctor yesterday about how there are some injuries, and I'm just talking physical, not head head injuries, where it's the inescapability of it is is like depressing, and not like in a suicide watch way, but like in a God, what I would give to have my back just feel better, you know? And it just it right. feels it feels kind of depressing, strong, but it feels like, like oh God, there's no hope for this injury, 
and you learn to deal with it because it's just a physical ailment at the end of the day. But imagine that with your dome, like your head injuries and all that. I, I can only not like this is Jeff and Jesse you're on need to be worried about, but like if you're not right in the head and you see no sight, I can only, and then if you're chemically imbalanced to do to whatever's going wrong in your head, bingo. I, I don't, yeah, I'm not saying I understand suicide, but I can, understand with all those elements going against each other in this perfect trifecta of poor existence where that feels like the way out yeah Yeah. it's a sick and i i'm surprised it hasn't happened to more nfl people or or even wwf people or right or even boxers i just you know but then here's the other argument going back to your sports uh part of this is Look at all the uh, bad stories you hear about, like these elite, elite fighters or NFL guys beating the crap out of women and making all these poor decisions and all these things that seem out of character because exactly their bread, their bread is these Spartans getting their heads smashed all the time. They're you know nothing's functioning anymore. It's it's just not right. firing the same. Right, you're not very, making yeah, this, the same the decisions. Fallout you on would. This, yeah, the fallout on on head injuries could be not fallout but the umbrella of stuff it actually could have people go oh wait that's why these boxers tend to beat women and that doesn't make sense you know (laughs) like yeah but that might be the common denominator that a lot of us aren't even looking at to be honest with you i i I wouldn't that would not surprise me in the slightest not at all so wow (laughs) i think this will be depressed your audience No, I was going to say, I can't remember. I don't know if this will be Monday or Tuesday's show. So uh, good way to kick off the week. (laughs) No, I dig this. This is good. I think uh, this is something I'm not, um, I don't represent most of the people that listen to me or follow me because most people at my age have kids. So this is awesome. And I, I, as you know, I love kids and my sister and my friends. I hang out with kids all the time. And I can't, this is just something when you brought it up in a text, it was like, well, duh, that's a genius point. I never even, I wouldn't have thought of. But at the same time, there are days where I'm like, I'm glad I don't have to think of that because <laughs> I don't, I would, I would be you. I would be like, yeah, this is, I, yeah, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> at least you'd have to learn the hard way because I don't know about you, but I, growing up, the oldest child, they're like, oh, Jeff, he hit his head a lot. Okay, we're going to watch Kim a little better this time around. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Child number two and three gets a little bit better of an existence as the parents work their way through it. <laughs> it's, it's but you haven't had most of your kids. Yeah, you haven't had a lot of your kids about the same time. <laughs> so, yeah, we kind of we kind of yeah. belt-fed those. Yeah, your learning curve has to be like the next day. Yeah, it's, it's, not, a cl- it's not a learning curve for us as much as it is like a, a learning cliff. It's just <laughs> flat and then straight vertical. Well, badass. Um, anything you want to touch on on that before I um, do the no, but I think we're good. No, thank you. Uh, tell us all your other stuff. Like I know you have your uh, YouTube show with you, and the right? Jarhead. Yeah, I, uh, we do uh, the Joe and the Jarhead. It's uh, twice weekly. We're we're trying to get uh, the legal aspect of it worked out so we can get on Patreon as well and and nice uh, work with that. But uh, it's just me and uh, a Marine Corps buddy of mine. Uh, making fun of each other and talking about the uh, the stories that, that the mainstream media just never deems yeah. worthy of coverage. Yeah, and like I said on the last time we had Jesse on, like if you're ever curious, it is a good place to go to because I, as probably a good representative of your average American, uh, avoid media. And yes, it's it's might as well get the news from two good two dudes that are gonna, uh, I would say, give it pretty unbiased and also give it in a very, I mean. 
taking a, a very, very educated infantry officer and any Marine. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> You're going to get a diverse, a very diverse perspective. So uh, good times. Cool. Thanks, Jesse. I really appreciate it. Tell hey, thank the you, whole homie. family hi. Uh, I shall do so. Godspeed, and hopefully uh, everything is from the neck down. <laughs> yes, all the future in- for the future injuries. <laughs> all right, thanks, buddy. Thanks, bud. I absolutely love talking to that dude. You will never meet a more diverse and uh, funny and intelligent guy. Uh, oh, actually, all my friends are that way. Well, they're not all guys, but you get the point. Uh, I love listening to that guy. It's awesome to have him on for some variety in my life. Um, So, Jesse, thank you. My best to you and your family. And Godspeed being a parent. (laughs) So that concludes today, Monday. Hopefully I gave you a little bit of a flashlight at the end of your tunnel of Monday blah. And otherwise, uh, I will see you back here Tuesday. Um, It's going to be an awesome show. It's an awesome week. I really appreciate you all listening. Today was free, and hopefully it gave you a little bit of fix. This is the land of Boz. I'm giving you a free hit of heroin. And then Tuesday through Friday are the ones you got to go sign up for. But you can link it to your podcast app. No muss, no fuss. And then continue on with your life, and we all win and we're all happy. So in the meantime, uh, thank you for your patronage. Thank you, Jesse. Actually, you just texted me. And everyone, have a great day, great week. And I will see you back here tomorrow. Uh, Go forth, conquer, kick ass, be relentless. Adios. Adios.